Uh, started entrepreneurship in college during my sophomore year. Uh, literally started searching how to make money online. So we sold out of our inventory, like, like create like your ads, SEO, all that stuff within like the first six months. A couple months of a break from that because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. It was my like my senior year. Yeah. And then COVID happened, and then I was like, all right, back to it, like back Time to work to because in, I got all yeah. the, I got all the time. To kind of backtrack, we don't work with any SaaS company. Like they need to have product market fit and have at least, you know, we, we pitch at least a million to 20 million in annual recurring revenue. Also, these are big, we, these are bigger SaaS Welcome to episode 50 of New Money Talks. Yeah. Perfect, that was good, that was So good. we got Dylan Cohen. Co-founder of Yamu Media. Yamu, Am I pronouncing that right? Yamu, Yamu Media, yeah. Which is a basically a marketing agency for SaaS companies, yeah. which we'll dive a little bit deeper into because like our audience is mostly e-commerce guys, so it'll be a little bit of a different territory. Yeah, but yeah. but people some people are getting sick of e-commerce, so they want to hear some other stuff. Yeah, everyone's hear about SaaS. Other ways to make money. They yeah, want to hear yeah, about yeah. The, the the companies that have a lot of money and the companies yeah, yeah. that can help uh, have a little <clears throat> bit of that flow to to them, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so so uh, I guess we'll we'll backtrack. Talk talk to us a little bit about your uh, your background story, just like how you got into entrepreneurship in general. Yeah, tell and people we'll who you are, what you goes. do, and all the above, and we'll start yeah, asking yeah. questions. So uh, originally, first, first and foremost, sorry to cut you off. We we met at our uh, local gym, not yeah. too far away. <laughs> yeah. So funny story. He was listening to a podcast like in the sauna. Right, we're in the sauna, <laughs> and. He's like, do you want me to turn this off? I was like, I was like, is that like the Google Ads guy? Because like I've I've which, seen which one? I, I, uh, you you would know him, but like I see I see this guy's ads all the time, and they're like Neil Patel. Them. I don't know who that is. That I don't right. know. I see this guy's ads all the time. They're like really cringy. He seems like super nerdy, but like those are usually the best guys who yeah, have the best media <laughs> yeah. buying information. So like I I hear the back of his voice, and he's like, you want me to turn this off? I was like, I feel like I know who that dude is. Like, is that like some Google Ads guy? He's like. Well, I think the the guy he's speaking to is right. So, anyways, we met in a sauna. We started talking about how I had an, I have an agency. He has an agency. <laughs> just like and just like it just like hit it off. And like I happened to be at the gym like a little bit later that day because I usually go earlier. So like Kyle's like the, naked in the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> so talking the, agency. Oh, this, Twenty this, minutes dying. In the, sauna. <laughs> the stars just like aligned. So we were like, let's get this man on the podcast because it sounds like you got some cool cool yeah. stuff to share. And honestly, Especially, different than e-commerce too. Yeah, even Outside though you you have dabbled around a little bit I in e-commerce as well. You started in e-commerce, so that's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us yeah. the story. Take it away. Take it away. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, started entrepreneurship in college during my sophomore year. Uh, literally started searching how to make money online, as uh, everyone does. Yeah, it's a then good starting point. Kind of read a couple books. Uh, the biggest one probably the Robert Kiyosaki book. Uh, mm -hmm. I forgot. Well, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, that's like the, the one. I feel like Classic. that's like the blueprint right, for everybody friends. when they're starting out. It's yeah. a good book. Um, then kind of got into. Came across Amazon FBA and was like, you know, what what is that? What does that even mean? Um, didn't even know there was like an opportunity to sell on Amazon. I didn't even know who was selling products on Amazon. Yeah, I was like, you're right, just I like, I have a Prime subscription, but yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm buying it. And it's coming to my door. I don't know what yeah, anything yeah. In, in between. So, um, looked into that. Started doing a bunch of research, and then, uh, it, so I have a twin brother. So it was me and him at the time, and he, we did we went fifty fifty on it, and. Uh, from there, we were like working just a delivery job, working as a barista, and then mm -hmm. kind of like, what like what are we gonna do? Like, are we we've done as much research as possible. Are we gonna actually like just take this leap? 
Are we going to start the LLC? Are we going to like yeah. actually like put money, put our own money down for it? And we were like, yeah, so like, why not? So we did all the research. I told, I was telling you about uh, Greg Mercer and Jungle Scout. Mm-hmm. Luckily, oh, there sure. was a yeah. free, um, he did like a free webinar series. Like it was like a show, like I think it was like 22 episodes or something in it. And he documented the entire process, like from doing product research to doing taxes, to negotiating with suppliers, to doing marketing, to like images, like literally everything that you're to know about Amazon FBA yeah. and how to like start it. He did it and he gave it away for free on YouTube. So I was like a gold mine and I like, cause I was trying to find as many um, like how to videos and just yeah. couldn't find anything. So then eventually just literally copy that model, like purely cut and paste almost the exact same email template that he was sent to like suppliers was doing that. Um, Sold one product by our, so started the journey of sophomore year. First product went live summer going into, uh, actually at the summer, yeah, summer going, whatever, the summer going to junior year. That's when Mm -hmm. we launched the first product. Can you talk about your first product? Yeah, so what typically Amazon sellers don't talk about the oh, first product. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm out of yeah, it, so yeah, I don't yeah. care. Well, so I think they're better than Dropshipping. Dropshipping are even worse than Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't like talking about yeah. products. Yeah. <laughs> so ours was uh, felt letterboards. So we, it, they're like the signs that they're, it's like a wood frame and then in, in it is like felt. You can post like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, letters on it. So we actually started doing some content on social media. We were pretty consistent. We were doing like probably a post or two a day on social. Um I'm just trying to get some traction from that. The problem is we launched, so we didn't know how to like analyze a market at all. Like I didn't know, there's like the software that we bought for 90 bucks that told us all the things that we needed to know. And they were like, don't sell into a product, a market that has like, you know, high competition or yeah. you know too high of demand, whatever. Broke all that rules, sold into a market that had high competition and high demand and realized that there was no way for us to differentiate and stand out. The same time we had debated between two products, that one that we ended up the, the felt letterboards, and this other one, which is like a, um, I mean now they blew up the the like woven uh, laundry basket things. Okay. Um, very low uh, uh, demand as far as like how many people were buying it, and then but even lower competition. But we were like, I don't know. There's not many people buying it, so we ended up not. Uh, we ended up going with the felt letterboards. Mm-hmm. That didn't sell out. We did that was bad. Then a year later, we're moving on to the second product now and got into a similar situation where uh, the market for the product that we ended up selling the second time was almost exactly the same as the market for the product that we, that we did not sell the first time. Mm-hmm. We went back to the product that we didn't sell the first time and it had blown up in one year. Wow. So we're like, this is proof that this model of like estimated, you know, demand estimated competition. Yeah. It's a tra- like that helped. <clears throat> that was like the, the foundation of like learning how to understand like markets, trends, that sort of stuff. Yep. Cause like seeing that was like, all right, now I know why it didn't work. Yeah. So I'm not gonna make the mistake. So then second product <clears throat> did the same thing, repeat the process, sold out completely. Um, but well, this is why I hate fulfillment. Uh, I think I'm just triggered by like <laughs> trauma. I'm curious. Uh, so send, when we sent, we had calculated all the, all of the, the numbers. We had everything pa- down packed sent it to the fulfillment centers on Amazon and there's no humans that work at the, that's why I asked you like, is it you doing it or like a a bot? So there's no humans doing it. So the plastic on our product was uh, like half an inch too big for the certain like size parameter that we were in for Amazon. So if our fees were like five bucks for like, you know, a four by four product. Oh, so the fee structure just changed. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I can only imagine what it is now. (laughs) 
good luck to all Amazon sellers <laughs> out there. But uh, so if like let's say the the size parameter is like four by four, and that's like a five dollar fee. Ours was maybe like four and a half by four, like just oh, like man, that little yeah, over. Yeah. But that tripled our our, our fees. Jeez. So we sold out of our inventory like like create like through ads, SEO, all that stuff within like the first six months. But we were losing money on every sale that Jeez. we made. When, so, when did you find that out? Uh, when I checked the account and saw that like we were like, getting we're like three months in or after no, no, it was soon. Out. It was it was it was pretty soon. Like oh, it was you, like you just kept going with why, it. Why didn't you just like <laughs> increase the price? Because we would do that and then we would sell nothing per day. So we were like, Interesting. all right, let's see. Well the so, so the plan, so the, the, the plan at the time was, so Amazon recalculates your fees. The more you set, like every time you send a new product to Amazon, they recalculate the fees. Mm -hmm. So the plan was let's sell out of our inventory, try to recuperate as much money as possible work. You know, we were doing like part-time jobs, going to school, all that stuff and um, buy more inventory, the next round of inventory will we'll tell the suppliers to cut extra on the, yeah. you know, on the thing, and then it'll, the fees will correct. Uh, the issue is it was just way more expensive than we thought, but relative to like, we also didn't, again, we were in college, like yeah, yeah. $10,000 when you're in college is like a lot of money. So like if yeah. it was gonna be like 10 grand, not, I think it was like probably even four grand to do it. And but then, like and we had to, and to do what to to get to just buy shipment? more inventory yeah just okay. buy more inventory and send it to amazon um but we didn't know anything about like taking out loans or like you mentioned like credit cards like, APR that's, no, 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 yeah. it's gonna be a viral clip where you just said i, I know it is you said ten thousand dollars <laughs> is like a lot of money or not a lot of money in college some shit like that no it's said, a, it is no, a lot it of money in no because he said some stupid clip <laughs> that went viral he's like 20 k like, is not a lot i was like it's amazing how much 20k a month is a lot of money yeah but no but that's 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 true when you're in college like everything is a lot yeah. more than it is in yeah. real life. Yeah, we were, we were you know, bootstrapping everything. Like him and I were working, uh, going to school. It was like, and we had like money saved and also just like not that far along as far as like being financially literate, you know? Yeah, so like yeah. you make a lot of stupid mistakes, which is how you become financially literate, yeah, you know? Yeah. So actually though, yeah, you become financially literate by making mistakes, by not losing by, a lot of money, not by going to a, a college class or a high school no, class that yeah. talks about it. Cause none oh, of them I used do. To get pissed at my professor. I would hate, <laughs> at one point I would just be in class. Like, why am I here? Like you guys aren't teaching me anything. Yeah. Like, but anyway, um, so didn't know about like taking out loans or, you know, credit or any of that stuff. And uh, we're just like, we have literally no more money to continue just this, like, like towel. but yeah, threw in the towel, but we've learned so many marketing skills. Like yeah. we sold out our product in like, it was not like when I, it was easy selling the product. Yeah. Like I never checked my phone and saw zero. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like like zero sales. So yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, we, we got something out of it. So then we were like, we went to school, uh, you know, University of Buffalo. So we were like, how can we take these skills and, you know, help out local businesses even for free? Cause we're still young. Like we weren't like, really trying to make a lot of money. Like, obviously, we want to make money, but we also knew that we had a lot more, I guess, like to shit to eat. And like, yeah, we had yeah, to like yeah. grind a little bit more before yeah. we could like earn that much money. So um, that's when, so at the same time, like parallel to the, while this is happening, my partner uh, is also, you know, he graduated a year uh, before me. He also goes to university, went to the University of Buffalo. <clears throat> we were in the same business fraternity and he coincidentally also had an Amazon business. So like, while before, you know, we stopped Amazon, um, we were kind of collaborating, just like sharing ideas and just like, because we didn't know anybody doing, like I went all the way up to, you know, from Buffalo to Toronto, ju just to 
find people in like an Amazon FBA group that I joined on Facebook just to like network and see, you know, somebody else who knows how to speak the same language, you know? And that's the best when you find that group of people. Oh my God, it was one of the best. (laughs) Yeah, so worth it. So worth it. Um, So he was doing Amazon as well with his partner and uh, he really was more of the marketing guy. He, uh, you know, when he was 14 years old, his mom became, you know, just a owner of a dance school. She went from becoming like the janitor to the owner because the original owner just kind of like, you know, was like, I'm done with this. I don't know wow. the, the full story. And so his mom didn't really have much, that much business experience. Uh, so he, at 14 years old, learned like Facebook ads. So he had been do- doing it for so long by the time like, I met him. 14 years old yeah. learning Facebook ads. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. So, you know, so he was helping me out with that. Uh, and he also wanted to help businesses, like local businesses around Buffalo, just like, again, just do marketing, build websites, work for free, don't care about getting paid, like yeah. just all that stuff. So um, fast forward about you know a couple months decided to stop doing amazon and um he had already been helping out businesses and he had been a part of a couple startups so he got involved in like the startup community in buffalo started to slowly build his network and um you know he i would i would just kind of help him with a bunch of projects and then kind of took i took a couple months of a break from that because i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do with my life was my like my senior year yeah and then COVID happened and then i was like all right back to it like back to work because i got all the i got all the time i was getting that stimulus check you know so i can get paid to literally just pursue this full time if it doesn't work like whatever i'll figure that out later you know i don't even have a plan b so you'll do what everyone else does exactly yeah (laughs) yeah whatever figure that out (laughs) yeah um so then that's kind of when yamu started to really like take form um and we really started to see where our skills lie so like the, the Google ad side, the search side, the, you know, advertising SEO, that's really like the, um, the bread and butter of what we do. And then there's like these different components, like email marketing, we can do all this other stuff that we kind of had to learn just based on like demand, like yeah. people wanting it. So we were like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever you want. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll figure it <laughs> we'll out. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So a bunch of trial and error with small businesses. And then eventually just decided that, uh, you know, again, his network was building in the startup community. So, in order to uh, do the things that we want, like work with really cool tech companies that are just doing like awesome shit. Let's just double down on SaaS companies that are startups backed, you know, seed round, series A, niche, series B, stuff like that. Niche down. I think that's an important yeah. thing. That a lot of people watching are like, <clears throat> they're getting into a business. If it's servicing based specifically, they're like, well, I want to run a marketing agency. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, who do you want to do that for? They're like, well, I, I don't care. Anyone who will pay me, like, I'll go <laughs> yeah, to like, yeah, local yeah. Chinese business. I'll yeah, go to, like, <laughs> I'll go to like this, uh, this laundromat, like literally anyone that'll pay like an e-commerce brand, anyone, but yeah. I think niching down makes it a lot easier. What's up, New Money Talks fam? Have you ever wanted a personal sales force for your e-commerce brand? If so, you probably haven't heard of the new kid on the block, Feel.tech. Feel is an e-commerce selling solution for D2C brands that want to provide interactive purchase experiences to their customers and streamline the actual sales cycle of a buyer. With AI-driven product recommendations, try-before-you-buy features, and live assistance and support, FieldTech users often see a substantial lift in their customer AOV, a decrease in their acquisition costs, and an improvement in their conversion rate. Imagine you're buying a new laptop and Apple offered a virtual live experience in which they can demo the product for you, show you all of the specs and features that you want, 
and answer all of your questions simultaneously. Not only would that probably increase your likelihood of buying, but it'll also actively decrease the amount of customer concerns that Apple is now gonna receive. Now you're probably thinking with a solution that's this good, probably costs a lot of money. Wrong. FieldTech actually only charges a percentage of the new sales that they bring you that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten without them. So if you run a brand that could use a virtual sales force or that wants to offer virtual sales experiences to their customers, then check out the link below this video or visit feel.tech. And as always, make sure to mention that New Money Talks sent you so you can get that New Money Talks white glove onboarding experience. Now let's get back to the podcast here because you get good at it once and you have that case study or that testimonial, that framework. Yeah. And now you just market that to everyone else. Is that yeah. kind of what you guys did or? Yeah. I mean, it, well, it, it was a little uh, similar. It was similar. So we literally, like we, there was nobody that we would say no to. Like we would work with anybody. Yeah. Like, so in doing that, you realize that some businesses you just can't serve because yeah. you don't even, you can't even, you don't even know what they do, you know? Yeah. So it's a bunch of trial and error. And then eventually you do figure out what works. You have a couple successes, but we would honestly just take, even if it was like, and this isn't, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this at like face value, but we would take like a, a certain SEO type, a certain SEO strategy worked for like, you know, a local business. We would try to emulate a similar model for a SaaS company. Obviously it's very completely different yeah. industries, completely different, you know, customer that they're serving, all that. But like, if we think of, if we take, if we remove that, what was like the core of what we did? We did really good keyword research for that person. We did a really good customer discovery for that person. We really understood their, the customer's pain points. And we really understood like the goals of the company, <clears throat> whether it was SEO or ads, doesn't matter. Same thing. Like, as far as what, what I'm talking about, um, what did we do really well? And let's just try to now change the industry, change the person. The difference is now it, when it, you know, it was working for local businesses, but as a company, a local business is not going to spend 10 K or more yeah. on marketing. Like they're going to spend like, I have a couple hundred bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple hundred bucks. I can throw to ads. I'm like, good luck getting a click with a <laughs> yeah, hundred bucks yeah. in some markets. Like, yeah. so now that's where like, we can't, I still love local. I would love to work with local businesses and eventually have a branch in Yamu that could only yeah. serve local businesses just cause like it's a passion. Yeah. But like the local businesses aren't going to be what, like that's going to be like a, a nice to have thing. So, yeah. It's not something that pays the bills. Yeah. So it's like, what's the next thing that we like doing that can actually pay us and, and feed us and like help us, you know, uh, pay our employees. And that was like the startups that have, that have money and need to spend it. Like they yeah, need yeah. to spend their budgets because yeah. they have investors who are going to be asking them for it. So that's where we kind of found our, our niche. Yeah. That's cool. I think like, I think a lot of people, <clears throat> they go after what they're, taught has worked for other people so you might have someone who is crushing it with like a local local lead gen company or something like that yeah. but then when you go and try to do it well just so happens that in your area the companies you're going after just have no budget and so a lot of people will bend over backwards for companies that want to pay less and less instead of just going after the companies that are like literally need to spend that that budget you know yeah and it it's, makes the world of a difference because you have the exact same service it's just one of them is a company that it's like yeah. it makes more sense with Another one, it's not, you're bending over backwards, you're lowering your price, you're discounting it, you're having to figure out a hundred other things. And it's like, this one is yeah. keeps calling your name and makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also, it, the money is one thing, but it's also like, you know, local businesses, typically they're not that far along with tech. And so like another interest and passion of myself and my partner is like, we just love cool products. Like we love cool technologies and, you know, being able to work with SaaS companies, it's like, you know, there's hundreds of different cool things 100%. popping up like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so being able to talk to to people who are like you know now with ai it's ridiculous we have a couple ai clients and you know it's it's just insane to see what's coming and like what yeah. they're working on and not just seeing it but also being able to be like at the front lines to a degree because yeah, like yeah. they There's know so many that are yeah it's these days. crazy man i mean i was just at um uh saster two weeks ago in, in san francisco which is you know i don't know if you know much about i know you know saster but it's yeah, a yeah. it's a big SaaS conference one of the probably the biggest SaaS conference um and it, this one is in um san francisco and every single booth is like ai if they're not yeah, do, yeah, if they're not if they're AI. not selling ai then ai is a part of their service yeah, it's like, like a rapper. they're it's doing something AI AI. Or whatever. oh yeah, my yeah, god yeah. man the amount of ai companies i spoke to it was <laughs> insane they all have yeah. money they all have money, and but honestly, they're not that much different from each other. All the same. No, yeah, I was going to say, you know, what's funny, like is most companies have used AI in the last like decade. It's just now that they now they just talk about it, yeah, you know, yeah. like every company to some degree, like Google is AI, you know, yeah, like really search engines yeah. are it, it's literally AI, like your your phone apps, half of that shit is AI. like yeah. it, it in, involves some form of that. It's just now companies are marketing it because it's the trend yeah and the, and the way you know in, in, in my opinion i don't think it's obviously it's obviously a bubble and even the founders i spoke to at sasser agree that it's a bubble yeah but the ones that in my opinion are gonna uh be able to move past or move through this uh the bubble crashing are the ones where they're not necessarily leading with hey we're we're selling ai it's like we have this product that does this thing. Oh, and by the way, how do we do it? We have this one feature that uses AI to like yeah. help make it like easier. Like we plugged in ChatGPT's API and like pretty uh, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you're not selling ChatGPT's API. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like selling a different problem that people actually need solving. But like AI is just a tool that you're using versus like the entire like look at all this AI. Yeah, you're you know? and at that point you're really just selling like better prompts behind yeah. the scenes that nobody yeah. sees yeah or, or it's like you know i don't i'm so far from i am not a developer and i can't I, yeah I, it's a it literally i know it literally is but like it's a whole other language to me i can't even yeah. you know understand half of what my clients talk about yeah but i could like follow along because i know like oh you do this thing that's cool yeah i don't know how but like <laughs> but yeah. um i think uh the uh like the whole I forgot where I was going with this, but um, <laughs> you know what you know what I was gonna say is uh, we we got a couple of SaaS companies we can send your way that no, yeah, love that, that are, are a lot of service. I'm, I'm curious though because you started in e-commerce, right? Yeah. Why did you go to the e-commerce agency route? Why did you do SaaS? So we did actually. We we actually do did have a couple. We don't have any more, but we did have a couple e-commerce companies. Um, literally, the only reason why we didn't is why we didn't continue is because times are changing, and now you really need to be heavily, in my opinion, content focused, like video yeah. content um posting two three times a day if you're doing e if you have a product um and we complete we are a completely remote team i have zero other than doing my bootstrapped ugly but like they worked amazon yeah. images i'm not someone to go and create videos For or sure. edit videos like yeah. it's not going to be good I'll, i'm curious though so like usually we're like a seed stage like a series a company right yeah it's like what do you do for them i'm very curious well, like like when they hire, like they, whatever they hire you for X amount of thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. Like in their head, what do they think they're gonna accomplish with that? I'm, <laughs> I'm just curious for myself too. Yeah, no, that's um, it's a good question. So, and the answer is it depends, but obviously, yeah. So all it, this stuff it, depends. So yeah. we to 
to kind of backtrack, we don't work with any SaaS company. Like they need to have product market fit and have at least, you know, we, we pitch at least a million to 20 million in annual recurring revenue. Also, these are big, we, well, these are bigger SaaS companies. They're so. bigger SaaS companies, but we, we have a lot of clients that are like in the 500K range in annual revenue. Yeah. Um, and typically the main problems that they have is they have funding and they need to scale their customer acquisition in a pretty way that looks nice to investors. They actually don't care that much about profit, which is nice because it's just more aggressive because, again, the investors know that they're not getting profit in the first, you know, whatever, couple, couple years. years. Yeah. <laughs> so we, the typical, typically what we see is they're, they have a really cool product that they have, you know, a couple um, customers that they're serving really well. And they have some word of mouth going. They have some organic coming in from the website, but like not enough to really scale. So we kind of take the entire. So the first thing we do is we analyze their entire ideal customer profile or ICP, yep. understand like who they are, understand their product, understand their sales process, and then essentially build out the entire customer journey from the minute they see, you know, the first top of funnel piece of content all the way down to when they're uh, getting retargeted with like an ad to book a demo. And there's other, there's obviously different creative ways to skip a couple steps that we've been testing, which has been really cool. Those are like what people call like the growth hacks. Um, and uh, yeah, so essentially just scale their customer acquisition online, but it's not like we're going to get you your initial customers. Like you got to figure that out on your own. And yeah, then yeah, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah. to scale, that's when you, that's so when you come. Are you else. working more like uh, like B2B companies? Yeah, mostly B2B. We do have, so we do have some B2C SaaS. We know we could serve B2C SaaS, but mostly B2B because again, Maybe it's not even just e-commerce. It's also uh, any B to C. Like consumers are just on social, yeah, and yeah. the actually the reason why we work with one of our B to C SaaS companies is because they're heavily they built out an entire content studio in their office. So like they post TikTok, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. And when we need new creative for them, because they're a very video, they're they're a vid, uh, guitar learning SaaS company. Mm which is all content. Like you're going to need, yeah. it's, it's music. Like where yeah. else are you going to, what else are you going to do if it's yeah, not creating yeah. content, you know? And they're, the founder's brilliant and he know and he's like ahead of the game on that. So when we need content from them, it's like a couple of days, a week turnaround time because it's all yeah. in-house. Yeah. So that is where, you know, it works for us. And, but with e-commerce it's just, we never had a client that could produce that content. And even if we had one now, probably still just, I'm, we're just so in love with we've already like developed like a process so it's, yeah. so it's like a lot of b2b companies like i'm assuming like the north stars like booking calls for these people type of thing booking calls but also you know I, I we're not a fan of the whole let's just get a shit ton of leads and oh my god look how amazing we are like it's it's getting sales like we'll take far less lead volume if it results if it results in more sales so just like better people through the funnel yeah better quality and there's ways so a lot of clients that we work with are traumatized by past agencies that will do like, you know, give me your name, give me your email. Oh my God, look at all these leads I got. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah you're, half of them are spam. Yeah. But like creating more, and this kind of goes against a lot of um, uh, standard marketing best practices where they're like, yeah, your form should have like two, like less is more. Like you want to get no barriers to entry. It's like when you're, a found, when you're a SaaS company and you got a sales team and like every hour needs to be going towards the right thing, like talking to the right people, like you do not want your sales team talking to shitty 
prospects who are just like never even not even close to who you want to be speaking to yeah so you, so so you add a little bit of friction and yeah like, so yeah. we we create that fiction we, we we filter it out we do like leads I don't, you know i don't know how familiar you guys are like maybe you're more familiar with like hubspot yeah hubspot like, like, yeah, like CRM. crm yeah, yeah. so yeah. like there we do like lead scoring on on the crm create like segmented lists and we really like qualify people before we even you know so like how long are these engagements usually with these clients so we everything is honestly month to month okay. um because you can't get all that done in a month no 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 so that's another thing too. So our we we don't like <coughs> we don't hide anything from our clients. Like because like literally, sorry to cut no, you go off. Ahead, go ahead. I feel like if I were to hire you and I was like a SaaS company, you told me this stuff. It's like, well, that's gonna take three months. It, right? No, it might three, take more than four, that. Four, <laughs> six. You know what I mean? And and that's where we are. Like we don't play gimmicks with people. We're like very upfront and very transparent from the beginning. Like from the 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 first prospect call that we have before they even become like if before, you don't have before they even see a pretty much if you don't have the money like don't even literally we were on a call today and yeah, we yeah. said to them like we are not like this is our package if you want to do seo if this is if you want to do seo and ads we recommend the seo and ads because then we can start doing like more creative remarketing and stuff all you know the, the yeah, fun yeah. stuff but like don't do this if you can't spend this amount for like a year for at least much. i mean at least six because we're, we're pretty good so like we'll yeah, say like yeah. six months but like to set the right expectation expect no results and spend this much in six months but yeah. like obviously we're going to try to do we're going to oh, yeah. do everything yeah. we can SEO but takes at least like three four five months to yeah work. no it does we've seen but there's also it, it so we set that expectation like if you're gonna do seo like we'll see you next year as far as results yeah literally yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that, and like if, that's, and if you like hit kpi sooner then it's like oh we're, we're, we're awesome. amazing yeah. yeah now there are some ways to hit kpi sooner with seo with AI now because like what I'm curious, give us some sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point in time, you know, I was reading this. You know, Google said that uh, they don't screen away against AI content. Then I saw another post that says Google's bullshitting. They can't. They don't even know if it's AI content. So there's like those two perspectives to look at it. With that being said, um, we used to do. Let's just say we put together a proposal. We were doing. What is up, New Money Talks fam? Super excited to hop on here and shout out our amazing sponsor, Melio. They're an amazing hassle-free solution for businesses to streamline payments and get paid quickly. We love these guys. They're super simple and easy to use. You can pay your vendors your way with either bank transfer or credit card. No setup fees, and they even offer free ACH. Your security really matters to them. They're extremely secure. You can sync all your Melio accounts with all your accounting software that helps you save time and reduce errors. They're amazing because they go global. You can make international payments to over 80 plus countries. Jeez, these guys are amazing. You can use your mobile app to even do payments. Oh my gosh, literally do this on my phone. God, I love these guys. And also they work with thousands of businesses that already use them. So honestly, you could try for free. Melio, they're the go-to for all payments, international or domestic. We love them. And look today, go down below, click on the link to streamline all your business payments today. Go to go.melio.com slash nmt if you haven't already check these guys out they're the best in the industry now back to the podcast 20 hours a month in content for seo and like 20 hours for link building 20 hours for whatever for technical shit uh that 20 hours would probably give us four posts previous to ai like blogs or whatever yeah po blogs website it depends on the strategy it could be a commercial page you know uh service page that sort of stuff um but like four posts right really good posts because we have like a copywriter whatever now we don't reduce price. We still charge the same amount for SEO, do more hours, but now we're producing 
15 to 20 posts per month. And so now when you're producing this content at scale with SEO and our SEO guy, shout out to Saudi, if you ever see this over in Pakistan, <laughs> he is like, I, he's been doing this since Google came out and he is a genius. I have never met anybody better than him in SEO. And that's not just because like he works at Yamu. I would have, if we found somebody better, I would like hire them. But this guy is brilliant. And, um, you know, with his approach and his strategy, he, we're able to see results like three months, so you sometimes can, sooner. Pretty much you can like use Jasper to like go faster. In a sense. Jasper, is one, we don't use Jasper because, you know, I, ChatGPT, like, why? We got ChatGPT for free. That's true. Or, that's like, true. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've used Jasper before, really. I just think of Jasper as, like, like they're just good at creating good briefs. I don't know. Again, I don't know much about AI, so I don't know if they're, like, AI model is better. I've written content in Jasper. I've written content in ChatGPT. ChatGPT costs, if you're using GPT-4, 20 bucks a month. Jasper is, like, 50 bucks a month, and you got to pay more. So it's, like, yeah. Fact, yeah, why not, you know? GPT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, so the the... SEO game has been completely like just beautiful for us as, as for, and, and our clients as far as getting results. And then there's like, yeah, so that, that's more of like the, the, um, the things that we've been implementing this year, like just doubling down on. We were, as soon as ChatGPT came out, we were like talking to our team and thought like, use this and report back on how you're using this. And if you're not using this, why are you not using this? So like, it was almost like a requirement. Like you were no longer allowed to waste your time writing copy. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? You're, yeah. cause we hire offshore. Like we hire people in India, Pakistan. Like we had people in Colombia at one point, like your English is obviously not that great. Doesn't mean you're not great at what you do yeah. from when it comes to marketing and strategy. It's just, you have this one technical thing that you're just naturally not good at. So, pretty much you so now use ChatGPT. You, chat you know? use ChatGPT to write the whole thing for you, and then everything, like, and then they like put in and out like keywords. And yeah, stuff so like that. That, so you do need, yeah. So there, we don't just copy and paste like that. You don't want to do that. Like that's just not best. That's just not good practice. Because one, like it's an AI. It's not going to get this brand voice. There's just like a lot of things that need to be checked before you can just like post something. But if a post took five hours, it's now done in thirty minutes. Went from creation and then thirty minutes for like editing, and it's just like. How could you not, How could you not do leverage that? that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Why would, and if, yeah, it's just, it's literally just, why does the SEO take time? My theory is, yeah, obviously it takes time to index and get found on Google. Like there's a process for that, that Google knows. And I personally don't know that. And that takes time. But also it's like Google wants, Google cares about their users. So like who's going to provide the most amount of content at the most, at, at the highest scale? You know, Instagram and Facebook are the same way. YouTube, if you post consistently, like you're going to get yeah. favored by the algorithm. So like out. the same thing works for Google search. If you're posting consistently, like it doesn't even have to be like the way SEO, SEO is beautiful. Like it doesn't even have to be great content. Like let's just say on a scale of one to 10, the content's like a five, but you're posting all this stuff and then you're on like page 10 but then that one piece of content is now on page four. Well, then now what you do is you see that momentum and you're like, okay, let me now update that content for better keywords or, you know, make it the quality better. And now you're going from page four to page two to page one. And then, so that's like the content yeah. upgrade approach. So SEO is like going, so for SaaS companies, 
SEO is the winner. Like that is going to work. Like inbound SaaS. Inbound yeah. SaaS. Like, like yeah. HubSpot In, inbound, model. Yeah, yeah, Pretty exactly. HubSpot model. Like HubSpot. HubSpot so is my like, yeah, they're HubSpot the guys that I learned from. Yeah, like I've yeah, consumed yeah. all of their content and like I've not just consumed their content. I've like looked at what they're doing. Like why, how are they always showing up? How are they always having like a lead magnet that's for me? And how are they like, how are they, how do they know to do this stuff? Yeah, they're so good with like the uh, like the PDFs and like yeah. I even bought too. their I even their, their founders. Uh, I'm terrible well, with like names. Ramesh but and everything. Huh? I think his name's Ramesh. Yeah, I'm horrible with names. So. Is it Ramesh? Oh, Ramesh there's two. There's editor. two. There's two founders. There's two founders. Dude, I'm <laughs> blank. No, so like, this HubSpot bought uh, my first million, and then my first million. Like they always have a guy. I'll tell you right yeah. now. HubSpot founder. No, they're they're animals of it. Like they, they just got it. They they built the blueprint. Like they wrote the book inbound marketing. I think back in 2014. I bought it and read it a couple like last Sorry, year. Darmish. Darmish. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I want to go to. I was gonna go to uh, their conference, but it conflicted with Sasser. They have a annual conference in Boston called Inbound, where just a bunch of marketers go and just. I want next maybe next year if it doesn't conflict with Sasser, but I bought their book. Just to like confirm, like, because I was like, they're doing this, they're doing, like, I know that I would like look at what, I would be a consumer of their content, but then I would also question, how am I always seeing them, you know? And um, I bought their book, just like study them. They're like, and then we used, that used to be like, you know, early on, that used to be like our, uh, it used to be like part of our pitch almost, because we would go to founders and be like, HubSpot's also a SaaS product and look exactly what they did. Like we're going to take what they did and, just and apply it to you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't know if it works or not, look at them, you know? It works. Let me go on SEMrush. Let me show you their organic traffic that they're getting every single month or like how much they're spending on ads per month. Or like, let me go show you in, in ads library and show you like yeah. what their campaigns look like. Like how much more proof do you need? And then how are you going to argue? With, Seriously, no, know? HubSpot just figured it out. They cracked the code. Yeah, yeah they cracked yeah, the code. Yeah, yeah, but honestly, it's mostly just through SEO and creating a lot of content. A shit ton of content. They post yeah. probably like four blogs a day, like big ones. Maybe like they probably post like four blogs a day just for their marketing hub. Then they have a sales hub, an ops yeah, hub. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. these guys, and, and they're like big, yeah. meaty, fat blogs. Like, oh yeah, they're, they're like jokes. No, like, and they're, they're like, and it's good content. You yeah, know, it's good it, content. It's, it's really good content. Yeah, if you go to like their main blog, they're just like endless, endless, yeah. endless posts. They have that. They have that's just a blog. Then there's like the courses. You know, like the yeah, yeah. HubSpot Academy, and then like. That's all SEO. That's all text. That's no, all video, you cause, know? Because like HubSpot's free. Like the cheapest version is free. Yeah. And then you start learning all this crap and then you start reading and PDFs and it's like, <laughs> oh crap. Now I got to like integrate with like a, like something else, right? So it's like <laughs> HubSpot has to integrate with like, I don't know, Outbound. You know, like Outbound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, not damn, now I got to pay for HubSpot. So yeah, like, yeah, fuck yeah. it, let me just pay for HubSpot. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's Bro, I felt guilty consuming all that content and not paying them. Because <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, you yeah. guys deserve it. Like, I just have no use for you because I'm like yeah, yeah. in bootstrap mode still and I don't want to use your CRM because it's expensive. Expensive as hell. <laughs> I would love to work with you guys someday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. A, that's a testament to like how to structure a business from the ground up. I know <laughs> yeah. Ramosi talks about it. He's like, he's like share free value <laughs> to the point where they feel indebted to you in some way, so that when you do have something to sell, regardless of the quality of that thing, they're gonna buy it because of how good your free shit was. Yeah. So I think that's a good testament as to like what all businesses should strive for. And, and it's it's tough to do that um, with some companies. With others, yeah. it's easy to do, but like. With an e-commerce brand, how do you do that? You know, like yeah. how do you provide value to someone for a product that they can't physically use or yeah. get the benefit out of? Like, 
you got to give them a sneak peek of what that looks like with another customer that's used yeah. it, you know, but yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, it, it, with e-commerce, I feel it comes down to one of two things. It either comes down to utility. Like, is that product just like so innovative and solves a need that quickly where like people get it and they don't even need to create content. That's, that's obviously best case scenario from my perspective, because you know, the product yeah. can sell itself. It's intuitive. In yeah. most scenarios though, and this is why I moved away from e-commerce, that, um, way of giving that free value comes from just the brand like how well connected does that person feel with the brand i honestly can i have so much respect for the drop shippers that are doing clothing brands that make it work because it's like that doesn't that doesn't just mean that you can sell product that means you can create like a movement around your brand and also like have the execution to continuously create content that people that people associate with that brand and people want to be a part of and build a community like that. Yeah. And that's like their, that's, you know, <clears throat> if I do like a cost calculator for my B2B SaaS client, they're doing a quick 30 second video on Instagram about whatever that is a part of their movement. And that's the piece of their, their users are getting the same type of value from that content that my clients users are getting from like, a cost calculator, you yeah, know, or, or yeah. just as like an example. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So did you play any sports in high school? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I played football and lacrosse. Could tell. Yeah. Big guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I played O-line and D-line. That was my thing. Yeah. Did that like, did that translate anything into business or oh, did you try 100%. to do that in college? Did yeah. You still stay fit because of, because of yeah, that, because yeah, yeah. of business. Because like I was an athlete, we were both athletes like in high school. I was an yeah, athlete yeah. in college. And I think a lot of that <clears throat> stuck with me in business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you guys obviously heard of like uh, Ray Rice, right? Yeah. So uh, he went to New Rochelle High School where I went to high school oh, and wow. played football. And we both played football under the same coach. And yeah. my coach is like, you know, he hasn't he hasn't coached here anymore. He coaches at one of the you know private schools nearby. But he was the first um, person, mentor that I had to really take the hard work in football and always correlate it with something in life, in life yeah. no matter what he was hard like he was like he would bring in uh you <laughs> brought in like marines to train us he would bring in like Damn. college strength and conditioning programs because he was like well connected again he he brought ray right he was the he taught ray rice you know so like he yeah. has network you know so he brought in everybody shout out to coach diorienzo um and you know he really like instilled what it means to like actually work hard like you could like put in the hours and put in like the blood sweat and tears but like at the end of the day football is a sport that's going to end and like you need to come back with a skill so his objective was turning obviously you know creating good football players but most is the thing that he focused mostly on is turning like boys into men so like instilling values every single like just jamming it into us every single day i still quote him to this day with my with my friend like it just comes up you can't even help it at this point yeah, yeah, yeah. so voice in the back of your head yeah it's just always always there so uh translate that to business that's where the discipline and like the the almost like the borderline psychotic work ethic comes in where it's like i will literally yeah. stop at nothing yeah. like there is nothing like i don't care you know, whether it's just like funny, like when my yeah. team comes to me with like a problem that they can't solve, I'm like, you're like, there's something you, 
there is no like no is not an answer like yeah. that's the, the only answer is not no like the, the, yeah. the answer that it can't be is i can't do this or like you that, that's not an option so um that's something that you know i think i've always had he kind of helped me bring it out a little bit more and you know big shout out to my dad he also my parents also instilled that into me the, the, that work ethic um and yeah that that directly translated over to business and now you know, I really, really focus on, you know, physical health. Literally, we met in a gym yep, in the yep. sauna. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I started like, you know, the gym, as you can imagine, can get kind of boring. So I was like, how can I listen, man, when you're doing like extreme sports, like no matter what, you're always going to miss that, like competitiveness, that competitiveness, but camaraderie, like, like camaraderie, but also like that physicality to it. Because like yeah. when you're doing when you're lifting, it's like, yeah, you're going strong, but like there's sounds kind of weird but there's nothing like hitting somebody and like getting yeah. hit as well so uh that's why in november last year i started doing muay thai and mm. then i got really you know i don't want to say really good because these guys shout out to fight lab at uh you know over in fort lee these guys are some savages like these guys are actually competing and trying to go pro yeah and i'm over here just training with them because i have no plans of going pro i have no i don't even know if i ever want to compete in my life yeah. i just want that like I just want that thing, that physicality, that like me versus you type of yeah. uh, situation. And like, I've gotten knocked down. Like I've gotten punched in the face. Like that part, I've gotten hurt. Like my perennial nerve gave out. I couldn't walk yeah. for like two weeks. Like all that shit. But you know, you get over that. Cause yeah. you know, when you're sparring, it's, it's been like, yeah, that, that doing Muay Thai is. What's up, Numini Talks fam? Quick one for our sponsors over at Prime Cord. If you've ever wanted to build your own e-commerce business, but you haven't gotten started yet, you're probably just overwhelmed with the amount of information that's out there with people telling you what to do. But the guys in Prime Cord, Andrew and Kevin, know what they're doing. They're multi-seven-figure dropshippers that have been doing this for years. They've done millions and millions of dollars in sales profitably. And in this Discord coaching community, they teach you everything that you need to know to launch and to scale your own e-commerce business. And they break it down in a way that's very simple and easy to understand, which is best of all, because there's a lot of information out there, a lot of misinformation from people that are teaching the wrong things and don't even do it themselves. These guys are the real deal. So if you want to learn more about what it is that they do about the coaching community, have a group of people who are all growing together and holding each other accountable to hitting certain goals or to learning new things, then definitely check out Prime Cord. We're going to have the link somewhere in the description of this video. Now back to the podcast. Been, it's been something that I've been longing for because you know, when you, when you stop playing football, I think you stop in college, right? So, yeah. you know, that's more, a little bit more recent. I stopped in high school. So like, I've been just like, you always, you always miss it. You always think back to it, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's really something that like people make fun of ex football players like, oh, you can't move on. But like they just don't you'll never understand because you never played it. Understandably yeah. so. But yeah. like you can't get rid of that need to have that physical thing like contact know? and that. Shit, yeah. yeah, that combat, you know, yeah. I guess it's a better way of putting that yeah, combat I think, sports. I, a lot of entrepreneurs like I feel like they start in a sport, whether it's like whether whether it's contact combat or not and they end up getting into something that's combat related so a lot of people are getting into boxing now like youtube's entrepreneurs yeah. or like muay thai <laughs> yeah. wrestling Pauls, yeah. like a lot of people are are getting into that um and i and i think <clears> it's because uh a lot of them get into it after they've actually had a little bit of success already because they're like okay well i got the the numbers in the bank like that's cool but that's only one pillar of what you can succeed in at in life yeah. like if the guy's standing in front of me if he's if he can kick my ass 
it doesn't matter how much your money business is in my doesn't bank. mean shit. Like, your, is I'm screwed. Save you? <laughs> like I'm, I can't pay the guy to not punch me in the face, right? So it's like so. There's those pillars of like of of health. There's yeah. wealth, but and then there's there's combat readiness, you know. Yeah. And there's all these there's all these pillars that um, when you have one of them, and there's really there's not a whole lot of satisfaction you get in that getting more of that. Yeah. For example, money. Then the next best thing is like, all right, well. I want to get in really good shape or yeah, I want yeah, to be able yeah. to kick somebody's ass, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's also, you know, it, it's also, um, I don't know. My my perspective on it is I, you know, it, it's that, like, you know, the, the, the self-defense part of it. But it's also like there's just more to life than business and money. Like, even if it's not... Um, you know, physical sports or anything like that. Like even traveling I've been realizing yeah. recently is like I could, you know, I, I really can't go more than two days without working out in the morning. Cause like I'll start to get like anxious and really start to go through it. And I'm like a completely different person and I'm like yeah. not friendly to be around for like the first six hours of the day. Yeah. But if I'm traveling, I don't really need to work out. Cause yeah. like that fulfills a different side of me that like, you know, the, it just, yeah, it just fulfills like a different side. And like, I just love exploring. Like one of the best trips I went on two years ago with my girlfriend was to Arizona. And we were just like in the middle, we, we stayed at like this RV Airbnb in the middle of the Navajo reservation, wow. just us and like the local, you know, Native American Indians. And, um, that was just like, dude, in Arizona during August, like <laughs> once it, once the sun goes down, like the storms kick in and like now you're in nature yeah. like now you no longer like control but like that's like fulfilling for some reason yeah, like that's like yeah, cool yeah. and then also like seeing the the canyons and all that stuff and like exploring like that's also like was an amazing experience as well because you just feel kind of so small in this world and it makes you really question like a lot of different things yeah so i also you know traveling is a big thing that i want to you know it's been uh obviously like the past couple weeks doing like san francisco and then i went up to buffalo that's some traveling but i really want to start yeah. taking i'm planning a trip for like a big trip for december and then another trip next year just to like fully detach and yeah. like go do some yeah random shit really, it's also tra <laughs> i think traveling is one of the best things you can do ironically for business too because mm -hmm. you go and then you get disconnected and it re-sparks different areas and neurons yeah. in your brain that like get you motivated for yeah. when you come back like the second you get there you're you're experiencing it you're there for a couple of days, then you're thinking, man, when I get back, like I'm gonna crush it, you know? Yeah, like yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I can't wait to you get have back. So many ideas, like, like you tap you into a different energy. part of your brain, like yeah. one that's, I, you know, I was talking to my, so my, my partner, like I said, he was, he's a currently uh, became a digital nomad, so he's like traveling the world, and so, and and you know, he's working crazy hours his time because he's working at EST. But I told him I was like, you know, it must be different for you because, you know you're when you travel you're less stressed and when you're when, when you're when you're spending time uh stressing you're not really allowing for like new ideas new things to flow and you don't even know how that can affect you like you know down the road five years from now yeah so like just even having the mental free the 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 mental space for anything that's not stress can directly translate to business to relationships to like whatever it is because it's you're not worrying about the, like that's really what stress is is worrying about the past yeah. or the future right and if you're not doing that well what else is there it's just you're just kind of happy you know you're yeah, kind of yeah. just like <laughs> thinking about all like the cool shit that you want to do with you're, life and then that kind of moment yeah, yeah that gives you all the new ideas that you need for 
whatever business, whatever. Some you powerful need. shit yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. So, <laughs> so um, earlier you were talking about how you and your girlfriend just got your first property. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So in addition to, um, you know, what I'm doing with uh, Yamu, you know, my girlfriend and I met in college. And since we, when, since we met, um, you know, she's seen the entire journey. Shout out to Sarah. Um, that's the best man yeah love when you. you're in a relationship we're like yeah you 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 grow together yeah man i mean she's that's amazing she's like she's my rock she's like i there's really not many words i could use to describe her um that's weird. but the back on track um, <laughs> <laughs> uh she's been telling me for a long time since we met in school that she's been wanting to do this um and she's got like she also has an incredible story. She came over from Colombia as an immigrant, lived illegally for a while, grinded her ass off in college, met the right people, and now works at a big, you know, Morgan Stanley, which is a, obviously a huge bank Damn. in the city. Like she is, like, she's perfect for me. And um, <laughs> and uh, she has been always wanting to do like, uh, you know, invest in real estate, and I've always wanted to do it. Because, you know, rich dad, poor dad, like, I know I need to do it, but like, I like this marketing shit. So I'm going to double down here and I'll yeah. revisit real estate at another time. She is like the opposite. She's like, I've always wanted to do real estate. I got this job. The job's going to pay for the real estate. Eventually it's going to supplement the income, quit the job, double down, you, you know? keep her there. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh yeah. She's, she's, she's the best. She's, <laughs> she's not she's, just like, I want to be a housewife. She, no, 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 no. I mean, she'll, she, she will be when at, yeah, at some yeah, point, but yeah. it's going to be like when we both decide that like, yeah. that's what she wants, you know? Have like 50 units and it's like, all right, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, she, she's been studying her ass off, kind of like reaching out to people, getting mentors and, um, you know, she's really pioneering it. I'm more of like supporting it. Cause I have at this point, like seven years of business experience, yeah. you know, from college all the way up to now. So like I'm supporting with like the business, the strategy, like the, the decisions, stuff like that. But she's like pioneering, she's running it, you know? Yeah. And, um, she, we bought the first one over the summer using the, uh, what was the loan called? The You're conventional, totally uh, what was yeah, it? Conventional yeah. loan. Yeah. Conventional yeah. loan, which is for anyone that doesn't know, it's similar to FHA, but instead of paying uh three and a half percent down, you pay 5% down and the interest rate is way less than the market rate. I think, I don't know what the market rate is now. Like to say seven, 8%. I don't know. The interest rate is probably around like three and a half percent, three percent, four percent. So like the only contingency is you need to invest in an area where there's at least 50% minority. And, um, so we, you know, qualified for that loan and we decided we'll go into Elizabeth, New Jersey. The reason why Elizabeth is because they have the, the property that we looked at is right in front of the, uh, you know, right by the seaport and they're building a ferry or something that goes from Elizabeth to the financial district, whether or not that happens, obviously you're dealing with like governments and stuff. So like yeah, shit yeah. takes away. They've been saying that for five years. Yep. So who knows, regardless of the fact, even if they don't do that, it still works out. Um, like the, the numbers still check out. So yeah, bought the property July. It was probably the weirdest experience because it almost went too well and it happened way too fast. Yeah. Like we were kind of like at the point at the beginning of spring where we're like, yeah, I think we could like, I think this is the year. Like, let's just do one. <clears throat> We've saved up enough money. Let's, you know, take, let's take the leap and really like do it. Um, Sort of shopping around, talked to a couple realtors, uh, found a really good realtor, which I, dude, I can't, you know, shout out to Luca. Uh, I don't know where we would be without him. Like he just guided us through the entire process. 
we don't we didn't know shit like yeah. you know it was like if i had greg mercer for amazon i got luca for real estate <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. it's like <laughs> that but except i could like ask him questions yeah um so he like helped us out with everything um and then found a found a, we found a property that was good and then we're like yeah let's just like we'll put an offer in we don't know what's going to happen we're just testing out the waters he goes uh you know somebody came in higher i recommend you do this type of offer so you're like all right yeah we'll do that offer send it in freaking like a week goes by like he calls us congratulations you guys got the house and my girl sarah comes up to me she goes we got the house i was like oh shit like are you kidding me we gotta do this now. we're actually fucking doing this like there's nowhere yeah. nowhere playing around so but you guys are both entrepreneurs you guys know that's exactly how it goes yeah almost yeah, all the time yeah, like yeah, yeah. you don't sometimes it just happens and now you're here like yeah, there's no gotta, going back you gotta jump in the water you gotta jump in the swim. water and uh, learn how to swim exactly honestly so. buying a house i thought was the most like anti-climactic <laughs> thing i've ever done I, I i bought a i bought a building last year you literally just like wire the money you sign like a random piece of paper and they're like congrats yeah congrats. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like the yeah. lawyers even like Yo, you don't even have to come if you don't want to like you just do like a um, power of attorney and i'll sign yeah, it for you yeah and i was just like what like this is yeah. kind of crazy you know yeah, what I mean? like you just yeah. wire money boom this account and, and you're done good yeah. luck <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah good luck yeah here's the keys good luck yeah yeah for real yeah. Now, we've, we've, broken good luck yeah. <laughs> we've been lucky though i have um another friend of mine who i uh played football with who also has been shout out to prince uh i feel like i, I, I feel like it's the first time i've been yeah man i mean I, I, don't, I don't do this alone like i, I don't want to take credit for shit like yeah. i don't i wouldn't there is no dylan without like the people I've been mentioning and probably more people who will come up in conversation, yeah. you know, or even if they don't, like, I'm not, you know, this is not a one man show. I could guarantee you that. Yeah. Um, but I, I was talking to, uh, you know, my friend Prince, we played football together. So we had the same values, same coach. Like I know he is on the same type of, he has the same type of mindset as me. And, um, you know, he's, uh, already got, I think like four properties or something like that. So he's obviously been doing it way longer. So like being able to reach out to him, ask him questions yeah, and like, best. dude, that was, that's like the, like knowing people that have already done it and they're like, not that they've already done it, but like, they're not that, like they're far along. They're like further than you are, but like they still, they're not too far ahead. Not too far ahead where like, they don't remember yeah. the details. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's what I'm kind of, and, and even, so like, I also feel, you know, not to kind of go off topic a little bit, but like, I feel like I owe that same thing to people who are, um kind of like where i was at a couple years ago so like i have a couple friends that i'm mentoring now who are like you know shout out to manny he's building a a a website agency that uh you know just focusing on websites and he's he's going through a lot of the same shit that i went through and i'm just kind of like yeah like i need to pay it forward like i don't want to have this knowledge to myself like it doesn't do anything for me like i know what i'm gonna do with it but like i want to give back as much as possible and so i also like you know through my school uh you know ub's gotten they've grown their their entrepreneur program a lot so i've also started mentoring students from ub i just kind of just give them my calendar link and then during the semester or whatever they just i'll see a random meeting on my on my calendar and just like hop on a 30-minute call talk to someone they have a startup idea working on like a project for school whatever like for marketing uh or even just want to like know more about entrepreneurship whatever like just kind of talk see where they're at and you know see how it goes I think you brought up a really good point is that it's not that you can't learn from ultra successful people, but you're probably going to learn a lot more from the person who's only a couple of steps ahead of you Yeah, because they can most relate to the position that you're currently in. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that you bring that, that's a, a, 
a great point because, you know, I remember starting out with an agency. We did try to talk to the ultra successful people because, you know, this is a separate topic. You know, I don't want to go on too many tangents, but like the imposter syndrome that I'm sure you guys have all felt as an entrepreneur starting out. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have X millions of dollars. You hear millions. You're like, all right, this guy's a genius. Like this yeah. guy knows everything. So getting advice from them at a really early stage, they don't really remember what it was like. They were also, when they started, it was like, what, 10, 15 years ago? The times are different. Yeah. You know, so we would get advice from people. I'll never forget. We were doing like one of our very early like quarterly planning sessions. And we had probably spent like maybe five hours talking about like who our customer pro profile is, who we want to serve, how we want to do it, you know, all that other stuff. We got on like a one thirty minute call <laughs> with like this mentor. We go, we review with him what we, we want to do. <clears throat> he goes, don't do that. That's stupid. And I'm like, at that point, like, I don't know. I was so, I was like, fuck you, bro. Like I'm doing it anyway, you know, but you know, my partner had like a moment where he was like, oh, fuck, are they right? And I was like, <laughs> man, he's, but luckily we have another mentor who's like gotten that success, but also still somehow can relate to like yeah, yeah. the early stage. So he kind of like really put us in Understood check. It. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, 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 that's really like the biggest thing is, you know, not letting imposter syndrome really uh fuck up the way you make decisions because yeah. it can really lead to like just like so many dim diminishing returns you'll think you'll be making the right decision for so long until everything just crashes in yeah. front of you and you're like what happened and you're like oh well i was listening to this person this person took advice and that's not like deflecting ownership like i'm not saying it's anybody's fault yeah, yeah, it's yeah. completely your fault it's completely yeah. my fault i chose to take that advice i'm not like yeah i don't believe like the victim mentality or anything like yeah. that like i made the wrong decision in listening to their you know advice yeah. um so like, you know, not letting imposter syndrome, which has been the biggest thing that my, my, my partner and I have really, you know, if I, if I were to, you know, pat myself on the back a little bit, that's like the thing that we've really like overcome this year is that imposter syndrome and like, like, no, like we're good at what we do. We've gotten yeah, the results. Yeah. We got the clients, yeah. we got the testimonials, we got all this stuff, like no more taking advice unless it's like yeah. for, unless it's justified. And like, we think based on our yeah. experience and our values and where we're going as a company that that's what we want to do. And we agree yeah. with that, you know, because yeah. taking bad advice is, man, I feel bad for, I don't feel bad, but like I, I could empathize with the difficulty in like starting a company and trying to raise money from investors. But now those investors want you to do certain things their way, yeah. but it's like, you just need their money. You don't necessarily need like their, their input. Their input. <laughs> so I could really, you know, imagine how difficult it might be as like an entrepreneur, CEO, co-founder, whatever, that's, uh, you know, got themselves caught because they don't even own majority of their company anymore because they've give, they've diluted oh, themselves so much. And now, yeah. yeah. And, then now, and now they can't even, that. they're just making decisions. They're just working now for their company. Yeah. yeah. They're not even like the decision makers yeah, they're anymore. They're just an employee. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Now the, raising the money, it's like a whole, if you do it right, like, um, <laughs> you know, the company Teachable, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. the founder of Teachable sold it for like two fifty or something like that, two hundred fifty million. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about it where he's like, um, he he believes. I honestly I agree. Like the perfect business does raise money, but like the right amount of money at the right time. So it's like you don't raise it too early. You don't raise it too late. You raise it. You yeah. have it, but like you don't use it just to use it. Like you use it strategically. Yeah. So I think he raised like thirteen million in total. Yeah. And uh, he had nine million left in the bank when he sold yeah. the company. And wow. he owned 55% of the company. Wow. Damn. So it was like, he just, 
like because pretty much if you think about it like if you think about it like this like this is why i think of like vc is like vcs are literally paying you to work for them for them yeah for you to make money like a return on their investment right yeah but all you have to do is like make progress before you go and take their mm-hmm. money so that when <clears throat> you leverage. go take their money then you just they're not up they, your ass or, no no exactly. they, they, they take less of a percent of your company that's so they're yeah. irrelevant in a sense like yeah. I, I actually it's like for example i think bezos did this bezos his first raise he raised a million dollars from 10 people he raised i think he raised like 100k from 10 people it's like and family I, and friends too right or something yeah like it was like a family yeah. and friends but like he's like a rich family yeah. you know rich what family i mean friend. like rich family friends nice family slash friends. like yeah i think he went to like princeton or something neither them when i was doing amazon but huh? yeah i needed them when i was doing yeah amazon, exactly yeah. he went to like a hedge fund before he started amazon <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like regardless like just the way he did it was just like all right that's 10 percent of your company at like a 10 million dollar valuation right like you play that like 10 percent out of a million and I, th- I don't think he raised again until like a series like real series b yeah because he's like well let me just be efficient with the money like yeah the, the money is really just there to buy you time in a sense like mm-hmm. to get to the point that like okay i don't need this money anymore like you just play that game over and over yeah. some of these companies now like jasper for example yeah. sorry if jasper's listening to this but like you go raise at a billion dollar valuation you're just gassed up by ai yeah. your revenues are shot your churn is out of whack and it's yeah. just like it doesn't make fucking sense yeah you know what i mean yeah. and then you go like 18 months down, you're like, well, I got to raise more money. But it's like, whoa, you're worth a billion dollars. Your next raise has to be like an IPO or like an exit. Yeah. You can't go public because you have no revenue. Yeah. And no one wants to buy you because you have no revenue. So you have a down round. Yeah. And then you're just... Yeah. Bad and position, I'm, I'm, you know? I'm a big fan of bootstrapping. Like bootstrapping is good. Bootstrap until you get the leverage. Like at least until you could like get the leverage to where you can go to an investor and say, I don't need anything other than dollar bills from you. Well, well, the thing is, like at the core, though, an investor wants you to just make a ret- make a return on his money. Yeah. So, like the conversation, everyone's like, you have a nice deck. You go to the investor, you say this. At the core, it's like you're gonna give me a million dollars, and you want me to return to you fifty million one day. Yeah. So it's like, what does that look like in a year? By the way, like I want you to return this in like six months or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's like, well, <laughs> a lot of people like, are so like gung ho on the deck and this and that yeah i've talked to some guys who like raise big fucking money and they're just like well at the end of the day the vc wants to make a return yeah he's making all these bets he wants to pick one make a return it's like well what have you done in your past and to this point that i think you can make me <coughs> you know it's like that's really it the deck's yeah. great this is great stories great blah, blah blah but it's like it's just really it's money at the end of the day it's like i need to make 50x on my money 100x type of thing so yeah. i don't know yeah this is weird it's funny we i i uh was talking to my partner today about this is it's like uh we got an email from a prospect <laughs> it was like and they're obviously like raising funds and they're like if we go faster can we get results in like two months or so and, I'm, and, I, and i laughed i was like he just asked us to pretty much cure cancer like should we just ask yeah, him yeah, like, exactly. oh yeah we can do that can you cure cancer tomorrow and it's like it's just like it's funny because you know and this is where transparency and communication is like at the core of like our values as a company it's like we don't we, we, we're not here to bullshit anybody. Like I'm going to tell you that your goal is unreasonable in yeah. our second call. I'm going to do the research. You're going to tell me your goal on the first call. I'm going to get an understanding. Okay, cool. You need this, you need that, whatever. Sounds good. Let me go do the research. I'm going to say, based on my research, we're not going to hit your goal in six months. We're going to probably do it maybe in 12, maybe 18 months. We're obviously going to try to go as fast as possible, but like, we're not going to hit it. Like, I just want you to know that. And so like, start preparing your pitch decks, prepare to raise more money. And they like that because now a lot of my clients are traumatized and I love it because they go to agencies where they promise all these results. And so they're like, 
And, and on top of that, the agencies have probably have like great strategies and they're probably doing good stuff, but the communication just sucks. And they were too probably scared to like have a difficult conversation with the client. And, you know, or maybe the strategy was bad and like they promised all these results, didn't get anything. And um, that time in that time, the CEO or whoever you're talking to, like planned to get the results and planned accordingly. Maybe they took less time on raising or they didn't go as aggressive because fundraising is like, I'm sure, you know, fundraising is, it's not even like a full-time job. It's like your entire life. Like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. 24 hours a day. Even if you're getting dinner, you're getting dinner with like VCs. If you're getting breakfast, you're getting breakfast with VC. Like all day you're fundraising. It's not like people aren't just going to give you millions of dollars just because yeah. you did a couple hours of like an email reach out. Like, no, like you are literally taking flights, talking to people, you know, talking about people's kids, watching their dog. Like you're doing whatever you can to get that money. So like, if you're telling somebody you can get them results in an unreasonable timeline and they like, again, taking ownership, they decided to believe you. So like if they decided to believe you and then change their, you know, operations, took some time off, whatever, like it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And so like, sure. so what you do instead is instead of promising the world and then falling short of that delivery, you promise very little and therefore it makes it more predictable to exceed expectations 100 percent. we promise the we promise the absolute worst case scenario you're yeah. like i'm gonna post four blogs a week a month for you that's it no no, no. Like, I say, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do that i say <laughs> i'm going to do all of the right so i'll say here's what works for your competitors here's what we what's worked for us in the past here's our strategy for you here's the best thing that we think you need and it likely is the what's best for them and that's not just like tooting my own horn that's like like we have a really good team. Like it, the results, again, the results speak for themselves. It's like, here's what I thoroughly believe is going to work for you. But in this, in executing the best strategy possible, we're going to expect the least amount of return. We're all going to agree that we're prepared to execute this strategy for like three, six, nine, 12 months and have zero expectation for results. Do you, is that cool with you? Awesome. We're going to do our best. I promise you that you're going to see results, but like, don't, don't don't call me in three weeks don't call me yeah don't call me like i'm working on your yeah, shit you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you like no i no, i have never had a client <clears throat> i've never had a client churn because they didn't think that we were working on stuff yeah. every client knows I, i've churned clients because we sucked at communicating like you would think clients don't care about your keyword strategy and the content you're posting you think the clients only care about i spent x what's my result what, right. what's the roi but if you're communicating like, and you can like confront, it's a difficult conversation, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. And, you know, big shout out to my partner for like being the best person I think in the position to have and navigate those conversations and like support me. Cause I'm the one that like tells him like, Kanishka, this is not happening. We need to figure out a way to communicate this to them. And you need to like help me communicate it yeah, to them. Yeah. Where like, cause I could be a little aggressive and like too direct. Dude, that's exactly. And you have like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a perfect dynamic. So like, like the filter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it's the perfect dynamic. So it's like, we're going to like, they, the clients aren't going to care about a blog post, that you, like a specific blog post. When you do like a weekly report or whatever, you say, we created X amount of blog posts. They're not going to care unless you've told them how that volume or is going to contribute to the long term. Like yeah. having this I work for you relationship does not work for our agency. Like yeah. we work with our clients as if we're a part of their team, which it might sound malicious, but it's really not because we're good people. It makes it difficult for them to fire us now. Yeah.
Yeah. Because it's like you're never like we're an agency, yes. But I like what you said earlier when we were talking before. It really partner. stood out to me. It's like we really are we operate more as a partner. We're labeled as an agency, but like I I very much agree with what you said. Yeah. Like we will do that. Like we don't offer email marketing anymore. Uh we know how to do it, but you know, if a client if we think that that's what's needed for the client to get best results, like I know how to do it. My partner knows how to do it. I know how to find the right talent to do it. Yeah, exactly. I've worked with email marketers before. Like I yeah. know what the strategy needs to look like. I'll own the strategy and like work with him in execution or if they're qualified enough, they could own the, ex- the strategy, whatever. Yeah. And like, well, now we'll add, we'll, we'll do email marketing for you. And yeah. like, we're not going to lead with it. We're not going to say, oh yeah, yeah, based on, you know, if you're new, we're going to say SEO and ads is where we're going to start. Yeah. When the problem comes where now you're, you don't have a team to nurture leads or whatever, and your sales is not doing it, you know, that's when we'll, yeah. we'll pivot. Yeah. And and a, thing. An agency is like, uh, you're going to run my email marketing and, and that's it. Like yeah. you're going to stay in your lane. A They're just executioners. Part, yeah. And a growth partner is like, yeah, I want to grow, figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. However you can do it, figure exactly. it out. And like, if you're not doing something and I want you to yeah. do it, you're either going to do it for me or you're going to find someone who could do it for me yeah. and then kind of bring them under your wing. So I don't have to now worry I'm doing about HR it. and talent acquisition, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, or you're finding someone who could do it for them. Like we, yeah. we had one client that she, um, she was doing like 10 K a month and we ended up scaling her like hundred K a month in 90 days. Right just like an e-commerce brand. She had good organic content, just didn't know shit about running ads. So we were doing very well. Then she was like, guys, I I can't keep fulfilling these orders myself. (laughs) And so we're like, okay, you got two options. You can work with a 3PL and you can ship the products out and you can run the numbers on that. Or we'll help you find a warehouse, staff it, and you can figure it out because you've been doing all the orders yourself. So you just have to train four people on how to do that. Yeah. So she took the latter route, literally got, got the keys to a warehouse, staffed it, which we helped her put the job listings up for. And then in two more months, we got her to like just under 300K a month um, because of being able to do that. Like an agency that does ads is not going to have a single clue as to how that process would look. They'd be be like, oh, just work with, you know, just just work with this 3PL. But they're like, but then, but you know, then they have to make the ingredients. It's like a handmade product. And so it's like, it's a much different situation. Like I need to be there. Yeah. And so we were like, all right, we'll figure it out with you. Like, don't sweat it. We've had clients. (laughs) The the most odd example is we've had one of, one of our best clients right now, their CEO and my partner, um, they were talking and he was, he was looking for like a head of marketing and a CMO, but he was like, can you guys find somebody that you guys think is good and that you would be willing to report to? So mm-hmm. like, you're pretty much asking us to staff your C-suite level yeah. talent so yeah, we can report ask. to them. Like, but it's like, all right, cool. We yeah. found someone and he's good. So, you yeah. know, it ended up working out. But to, to the other, to your other point with like the agencies that just do the execution work, I feel like the only agencies that work with that model now are like the billion dollar agencies where like they're working with brands that are also billion dollar brands and those brands literally just need a um fingers like just fingers to type on a keyboard like and like just do like robot yeah. shit you're talking like, like vayner media i actually don't even know what they do i think they do like more content stuff i'm talking about like, like ads like group m type stuff oh gotcha yeah. like really big agencies yeah like the huge like coca-cola brands, yeah like literally like that, yeah, working yeah, yeah. with coca-cola yeah uh my brother used to work at um one of those uh, he used to work at group m and he was telling me and he was like you're just a pawn there. Like you're not really doing any, you're not thinking of strat. You're literally just clicking buttons. You're very replaceable too. Like oh I, yeah. I think the cool thing about like being a growth partner is like 
if I'm doing fourth, the more things that I'm doing for you, it might be a lot of my plate, but the way harder it is for you to fire me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Or part ways. Yeah. Because it would be, it'd be very difficult for you to replace what it is that, that I am doing for you. Even if the results aren't as good as if they were to hire like five individual boutique agencies yeah. at that specific thing. Cause number one, that's going to be way more expensive. And number two, th those are like five puzzle pieces you have to figure out yeah. instead of just like one centralized partner that you work with. And you know? an another thing is that also brings challenges though. Like it is very difficult for us to hire another person that can uh, be an account manager. I coincidentally, purely coincidentally, I got on a call with somebody today who might be the right fit, but it's so rare for somebody to have to, to come from like some sort of marketing experience or maybe like they worked at another agency before and it's so rare to find somebody who's aligned in the fact that they know that they are they have that partnership mentality whereas like the previously they were doing just like yeah so we're clicking the buttons i'm your person that's going to talk to you you know, we're going to, I'm going to send you this every week. We're going to talk every month or like every two weeks or whatever. We're going to talk about these bullshit numbers that we're, we're just going to, you know, pull, out of, pull out of our ass just <laughs> to look good, manipulate the reports to look good. And um, yeah, you're on your own. We're going to be doing this. But versus the account managers who are like, I know how to do strategy. I know how to talk to clients and I know how to manage a team. So like, and I know how to like roll up my sleeves and get a little dirty and like and those are tough to find. go to your internal level 10 your internal meetings where like you can you know i'll i'll present to your executive team on behalf of like yeah, yeah. the marketing team not necessarily just the agency yeah and that's like you know finding people <clears throat> who it's like finding another you that's the that's the whole <laughs> now we're circling back to like what every single entrepreneur who's trying to scale their business goes to how do you replace yeah. you how do I make a copy machine? How do I make a copy machine? Maybe with AI one day, we'll be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you could do that with your voice now. <laughs> yeah. So like if I'm making content, I'm making five shorts a week in a YouTube video. I can now like make an AI model of me that yeah. does a voiceover with what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so now if I want to make a short that's like faceless, yeah. then my editor can now type in the words that he would have otherwise wanted yeah, me to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. have the audio do the voiceover and just plug in the visuals. Yeah. And boom, now you have it completely automated, but it still seems personalized. You, you do the same shit with like Looms now, right? Yeah. You, you're like, oh, hey, like, hey, Adam, hey, Mark, hey, whatever, film this quick video for you. Wanted to share a little bit more about our services because yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you replied yes to our email. Like you can make that voice through AI and not have to do that personalization for a hundred responses a day. It's kind of wild. Yeah. My, my only thing is like, I just, I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't, I don't know. Humans have a bullshit detector like inherently. And like, we know it might not be even honestly, even when it comes to reading content, like, and shit, I literally said, I write content with AI, but like, I'm you also can tell when it's like pure. Yeah, I can even though. tell when it's like AI content or whatever. So like video content, I had I got on a call with somebody, <clears throat> potential prospect who said, um, again, met, met them at Sasser. They're another one AI product that does, you know, we'll create the, you write the script and we'll create an AI person. We'll do the voiceover. They do like the face, facial, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. And um, you'll, you won't even tell that it's an AI. I watched the one video on their homepage. I'm like, this tell. is a fucking AI. Yeah. <laughs> like, and some people, of them are really bad, but they're, they're getting yeah, better. Are, they're, they are getting better and they will get to a point where they're almost undetectable. But like, I don't know, man. I feel like we just have, like humans just have intrinsic 
bullshit detectors. And I don't know if maybe we will at some point, like, I feel like the culture has to shift to where we accept AI as like, you know, the same way where we, you know, social media came out couple, like, I don't know, at this point, 15, 20 years ago, maybe, I don't know, maybe even, I don't know, whatever. It came out yeah. a long time ago. But I'm sure you guys remember, like, everybody was like, and this is what got Gary V famous, is like, people couldn't adapt. They couldn't accept the culture changing to being social media. And then until they already, until it was too late and they already did, right? Same way that works with, like, all new technology. Same way that works with crypto. And my, like, you know, that's, all, we could go on tangents on that. But, like, people need to like not look at the um cool technology thing and talk like how do i use this in my day-to-day -day? how is this going to benefit me and i don't know if we're at a point yet there are with certain things with ai there definitely are a lot like chat GPT for like you know content coding all that stuff but to the point where we're going to start listening to ai bots on a video in front of us and trust that that person or that not not that that person that that robot is like a person uh, not no, it, that they're not a person but like i'm willing to listen to this thing talking to me about certain like for, for example like you take a course you want to take a course from a teacher yeah you want to learn from a person you want to sit down with them you want to ask them questions even if you're doing an online course you want to take it from a person who's like in front of the camera talking to you as a human can you would you take that same course seriously if that was an ai if that was a an ai robot talking to you I don't it, know. It's a good question. It's, I don't when, know. When I like when I was in college and I was I had an engineering schedule, I had I mean I had some a lot of what I learned was from like Khan Academy for example, yeah. for like Calc 2, and some of those were with a person doing a voiceover, others were literally just like like yeah. uh, like sketch videos almost yeah, yeah, with yeah, like yeah. it could have been AI narrations, probably not at the time, but I I, I think it depends on um I think it depends, right? It's like if in most contexts, you'd probably be willing to learn better in, you know, let's say a classroom setting environment from someone physically teaching you or them teaching you over like a virtual lecture. But I mean, I learned a shit ton from YouTube. It was people teaching it. But <laughs> at this point, I'm sure there's tons of videos that don't have people involved yeah. in them or maybe that they had people involved in creating them. But like once it's set up, I don't know, because you, you can even argue that YouTube, you it, it is a person that's setting that video up. Yeah. But there's you don't have any personalization after the fact, so they do that once, and now if you watch that six years from now, and that person has passed away, are you still learning from like that person, mm. or are you learning from something that that person constructed at one point and now but can be evolved. distributed in yeah, any yeah, way? Yeah. yeah, like it's yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thought. It's interesting. Yeah, but it's kind of like the the um, you know I think it's interesting going going back to like um, you know adapting like new technologies. It's you know, with crypto too, it's, I, I see them, obviously they're very different things, but I see crypto as kind of, because I was big into like the Bitcoin stuff. I did yeah. not get in early enough. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I was yeah, not there in yeah, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Coincidentally, one of my high school teachers when I was 15 years old and I was a sophomore had about talked it. about uh, wow. uh, Bitcoin. And I was like, that's stupid. Yeah. I'm going back to doing like high school, like whatever. Completely wrong about that. Wow. But um, I feel like it's kind of like in the same way. Like, what do we do with this like what are we supposed to like first of all you know it takes 10 hours at least to learn how to even set do transactions what is a wallet what is a code what is a secret code? what is a secret phrase what does all these different things mean that's one thing the next is like what do i use this for the next is like if i wanted to send this to my brother or my friend 
how does that work? What network works with what network? Can I do it on Avalanche? Can I do it on Ethereum? So like, there's all these different things that like, and people aren't going to take the time to learn that much. Like, so where, what, going back to like technology, right? Like technology is not, so in, in the book, um, uh, fuck, I'm horrible with names, but it'll come back to me at some point. But I read a book that um, he was talking about technology is an accelerator, not the solution. So technology is not the end all be all. So at what point is, you know, the technology of crypto is what has made it come to light. Like, oh, decentralized, this, that, whatever. But at what point are we actually going to, okay, cool. How does that help me? At what point does that matter? At what point is it going to be easy for me to use and I could just do it with a click of a button? Like I could sell somebody right now if I wanted to. At what point yeah. is it going to be that easy? Right. And I don't think we're, you know, maybe it's the younger generation that, is adapting that to be a part of their lifestyle. And then like, maybe we just need to, you know, the, the guy, the, the people that are, you know, four years old right now, when they're our age, they'll already be like accustomed so to accustomed it. to it that the learning curve or like the annoying processes would already have been like, would have already evolved out at yeah. that point where like they are using it at yeah. that, that easily. I don't know, but I, I, you know, in, in, in the, the context of, um, adopting new technologies I, I just i want i really don't know where crypto stands but i love it like i think it's what when's the last awesome. time you used crypto what do i use it for <laughs> you know what i mean like when's no the like last time you, you use crypto no like using it like buying it i bought it um i bought like a, i bought like ten dollars for like a couple days ago so i was trying to like test something out but like cause i was trying to like figure out how i haven't done it in a while like i i was buying i i made some money off doge when it I, I yeah. made some money like the shit coins or the altcoins that like you find on, you know, the last page of CoinGecko or something. And then you buy them and they're the pump and dumps. Like I made some money on those, um, but it was taking way too much of my time. I also like lost money on them too. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. I like the winning part. I don't like the losing yeah, part. So yeah. I was like, let me go focus back on my business. This is like a hobby that I, that yep. I enjoy doing. But as far as using it, like... All I've done was buy it and sell it. I've never really like done nah, it. Me, me it. too. Like I did a little bit in 2020 and, and in yeah. 21. So like I think in 2020, my my stock losses were like 15K. And then yeah. in 2021, my crypto gains were like 20K. So oh, I was okay. like, so, oh, cool. Like yeah, I'm green, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think, but beyond actually trading it, like I, I don't hear of many use cases where people use it, right? Like I, I maybe, the last time I used it outside of that, was I maybe paid an employee with like f like five hundred dollars of Ethereum and it got to them quick because they were in a country that didn't have Zelle, right? Yeah. But outside of that, now yeah. you got things like Wise, right? Yeah. So I pay all my employees with uh, with Wise. Mm. It used to be called TransferWise. I mean, I can pretty much get it to anyone anywhere directly to their bank. I between any you know anywhere between like a minute in a couple of hours but mm -hmm. it's not you no longer have to wait four or five days or it can get to their bank on a weekend you know and i think you know that so now you have some technology tools softwares that mimic what that main value proposition of cryptocurrency yeah. was outside of the decentralized decentralization yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and like blockchain and all that stuff which which goes out over people's head but that's a whole different thing yeah like yeah do you see anything with that evolving or going anywhere i don't know uh Honestly, like, I just bought a house. Would I buy the house if it was on crypto? Like, do you, like, on, if the contract was on like a blockchain? If the market, if if that's what was required for them, like, in other words, if that was the process, hundred percent. Like, this is awesome. This is dope. But like, 
they're not these they're, these Fannie Mae, whoever is doing the loans, like they're not they're so slow to adopt new technologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, would I use blockchain if I found a use case for it? I would love to. Yeah. I'm always like looking for that new technology. Like, you know, my um, I just recently one of one of my team members, he's huge into a paid media guy. He's huge into like crypto, and um, he asked us to pay him in a USDT. So like, we got to figure it out, <laughs> but we figured it out, and so now I think moving forward we're gonna try to pay him in USDT just because like. It, you know, it, it, there's like, it obviously is helpful for like taxes and stuff. And if he gets paid in US dollars, he's in India. So like they take like 40% off the top right there. Jeez. So like, he's like, if you guys can pay me in Bitcoin and USDT, I'd be fine. I'm like, you figure out how to, I guess figure out how we can do it. I guess easy. tax evasion is useless. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, you know, in these other countries, oh, by the way, the book I was talking about was good to great. So I want to just like, okay, give that credit. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, in other countries like, um, you know, Argentina and stuff, I know it's been huge but that's just like as a they're just fighting infl- their they're, they're inflation rate is like in the hundreds of percent so like yeah you know what are you going to you got to do something you know like you can't just like sit there and watch your money devalue every so like as a protection against like you know crazy shit like that i could see it but like is that is that what it was meant for is that sustainable right, like right. That? i guess what what would prevent someone from not um getting like meta trader for you know like forex and all that shit yeah you know yeah. you can technically buy other currencies yeah, like yeah, yeah. on a platform like that with very low exchange fees and stuff like that i mean that's kind of the same concept if in if combating inflation is the argument yeah because they could just get that and then buy that currency and then hold that as a reserve somewhere it doesn't necessarily have to be in a crypto wallet but yeah i mean i don't know like outside of it, it definitely there was a there was a trend and then I feel like the trend has mostly come and gone and you know, it was, it was crypto, then not a lot of crypto. And if now it's, you know, or was NFTs now I, beyond us talking about it now, I can't remember the last time someone's actually talked to me about crypto and NFTs well over a year. Yeah. Know? But that's also, that's also the time when to be paying attention to like when it could come back around. Yeah. Cause you know, the guys who were doing it in 2016, 17, like when everything fell to shit in 2017 and it like, spiked and it went down like the next day and everybody was like oh this is a waste of time this is a scam whatever like then it popped the up. real guys the, the, the real people knew up. like i'm doubling down on this so yeah i mean i don't i don't know i don't know it's uh it has gone silent and when it goes silent that's the time to look into it i'm not buying anything i'm not a, like I'm i think everyone can ag- i think everyone can agree that nfts are really stupid yeah i think they're stupid <laughs> it's you util- like what would you what do you use it for because a lot like there are people that have like they have nfts like for example pudgy Pen- penguins yeah, yeah, yeah. shout out to luca they've done a great job at this he made it an actual brand where now he has like figurines or they have events where it yeah. gives you tickets and access into the events yeah yeah but if i want to go to the brooklyn mirage next weekend in brooklyn and watch john summit at an event i can buy a ticket on the website yeah, yeah, and yeah. get a digital qr code yeah. so like what's the difference between that and having to buy your weird like yeah, looking it, character it, it comes down to culture and that's why gary v you know he's just really i i think he's just really early like <clears throat> he's he's creating a culture for the gary v brand where he doesn't want to sell tickets he wants to sell his nft and the only people that can go to his events that he has every year are his nft holders so like but again how many other people are going to do what gary v is doing it's going to take, that's where the culture comes in. Cause like the answer is not many people, but 
not many people also are going to do Uber. Not many people are also going to do social media. Not many people are also going to do all these other different things, the, the internet, you know? So like, again, the culture needs to adapt and we're just not there yet, but like, will we be there in the next 15, 20 years? I would love to see it. Like, I would love to see like, you know, and like ticket sales is like, is, is one thing, but you know, one of the projects that I've been following, I don't own any other NFTs. I just like, you know, they, they partner with, uh, with the clothing brand Kith and, mm -hmm. um, they, which is like a big brand. And, you know, this NFT product is part of, it's called like invisible friends and they're like yeah. partnering with them and like their artwork is cool. They're doing like clothing with like, they have like the invisible friends brand on like Kith clothing and they're doing like collaboration. Oh, wow. So like, that's pretty cool. Like I like that type of stuff. So like, you know, that's a way I can also see the culture pivoting, but it's really going to take like, dude, how many social medias were there before Facebook? You know, how many things tried and failed before Zuckerberg was like, I'm the best idea stealer of all time, you know, yeah. and let me just, just package, uh, it, a just package better. it better and sell it and, and turn it into like something that's easy to use for, for consumers and, you know, essentially like change the culture. Yeah. You know, it's just going to take more time. Yeah. <laughs> we've been in circles on this one i oh, love yeah, it though. this yeah. is good yeah. i did not expect we were talking about crypto on this one <laughs> yeah yeah talk so, about whatever you want we'll talk about life talk yeah about let's business. see where we're at talk whatever you guys at. want <laughs> hour 30 solid so uh what's um I'll, I'll finish it off with this question what's uh what's the goal <laughs> next like five ten years i feel like a lot of people they get into business they they start finding a little bit of success double down on it then like some people maybe get a little bit complacent because they're like in a good place. Some people are like, I have not an end goal in mind, but I have like a milestone in mind. That's when I can not, I don't know, not necessarily let off the gas, but it's like if I, when, when I hit that milestone, that'll be like a big thing that I'm shooting for. And then maybe that when I'm there, I'll reevaluate a goal and it'll be higher. It'll be yeah. wider, something like that. What's the goal in the next like five, 10 years? Um, so that's a great question. Um, makes you think right you know always no, think yeah about because it. so i actually you know this is I, I i do think about it but it is i have never like communicated a lot with people it's just been something that like i'll talk about with like my girlfriend and my partner like yeah. just like one-on-one -on -one, like not really like showcase not put on social media either yeah, yeah, yeah. but um <laughs> i so my per so i'll start with my, my with myself first so my personal goal is to be an angel investor and invest in startups and local businesses and also just like own a bunch of property and like cool. the property stuff is to just for security for protection like you know always have cash flow coming if i want to like have kids have them be taken care of you know have family be taken care of never have to worry about any medical issues just like the security yeah. part then like the, the play money the fun stuff is like the angel investing like mm -hmm. i want to invest in like not just like startups, technology, cool. I'm, I'm down. I also like, I really love local businesses. I really love working with small businesses who like, and I'm not talking like investing billions, like millions of dollars. Like, I'm talking about, like 100K, 200K yeah. here and there to like a small business that's going to go so far. Yeah. You know, and then like, uh, you know, so that that's like, you know, where I'm thinking about. I also would like to do startups and tech and tech too. Um, so it's like most of the, the things that I'm like interested in. Um, for the business, what I'm thinking, what 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 we're thinking is, essentially create an um, a startup ecosystem. So it kind of goes hand in hand with like the personal goals, but create a startup ecosystem where we have. Um, and again, this is all like vision, right? So like actually doing it, we're just focusing on like monitoring, scaling the business now. Like we'll get there. Yeah, one step at a time. So 
but the vision is to create a startup ecosystem where we can provide funding, whether it's venture backed or whatever, to companies and then funnel all of their marketing needs through Yamu. And then Yamu mm -hmm. will have clients that come in on a, um, no, the agency side. I want to use partnership side. The partnership yeah, yeah, yeah. side, partnership side will take care of like, like itself. That. They'll have like its own business going on. Then there'll be a separate segment of the company strictly towards like the fun stuff, the big deals, like the multi multi million dollar deals, yeah. the multi billion you know million dollar startups that like they you know we can uh, pr provide them with funding through like a, a network of VC, but we can also in use Yamu's system that we've already built for startups and SaaS companies grow. or whatever to scale their inbound marketing. Yeah. And then like whatever other things that they need, hopefully like, just hope that we'll have the connections that which we will have the connections. I, that I like that. A lot of people don't a lot of people don't think about their business as an ecosystem, but yeah. I, I always pitch that. So yeah. whatever you're doing, chances are you could do something else that complements it. And you don't have to look at it as doing something else. Cause a lot of people are like, oh like most millionaires have seven streams of income. Like sure, but it's because they hit it big with one that they put all their energy in. And then when that bucket overflowed, they put the excess cash flow into some other yeah. typically like more passive style yeah, investments. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not like they were building four companies at once yeah, yeah, and they yeah. all were successful. And But going back on the point of the ecosystem is you can have two things going at the same time that are mm -hmm. separate businesses if they can work together. Yeah. You know? So if you, have, uh, if you have a software consulting company and then you have a... Um, like a coaching company that they're, they're kind of similar, but one of them maybe brings people up to a point where they're ready to take your consulting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like, you know, something similar to where you're, you're working on, which is super smart. So that's kind of like an incubator, yeah. right? Yeah, like an incubator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The part with like Techstars, Y Combinator, all that stuff. And just so, so you can, so like there's no conversation with someone who is either interested or already has some type of a software or startup company. There's no conversation that isn't, um, and I don't mean to say this in like a greedy way. There's no conversation that's not monetizable. Oh know? yeah, hundred percent everything. Because yeah. if you, you either want to learn, and we have <coughs> the we have the resources where you can either learn or or jumpstart it. Yeah. Or you want to accelerate the momentum you've already built, and that's where we have the part growth yeah. partnership services. Yeah, and we also could take yeah. equity in the companies too. Yeah. And, and you know, figure out the, you know, how it works from there. Yeah. And I yeah. I, I mean personally, I, like I'm trying to do a similar thing in the e-commerce. Yeah. E e-commerce space. I remember. And, but about. I think that like. I think that that's what everyone should do because building one business very far and linearly, like that's cool. But when you have an ecosystem that can cover, I guess, multiple areas or like yeah. customer profiles without taking up too much of your time or, or going crazy, I feel like that's really cool. Cause I, yeah. I can have, I have someone coming to me right now who's like a 17 year old who has a single mom and he's like, I need your help. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Like I only help brands that <laughs> yeah, yeah, do yeah. 50, hundred, 150 K a month. Yeah. And like, I almost feel guilty for not having but that's sort of like there. my personal thing, my personal life. Yep. Like, yeah. Like sure. The business can help you, but like, right. I'm also valuable. So like, yeah, here's 50 K hundred K to go do your whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and so like that, that's, that's kind of what I want to build out. So like if someone comes to me with a, with a problem, um, eventually I'd like to have a solution for it. And it's not going to be for everyone, right? Like yeah. someone's going to have a relationship problem. That doesn't mean I'm going to make a course or have an agency about how to fix your relationship, but I'm going to have something that can help most people that come to me with a problem. And I'm like that right now I'm like, shit, sorry. Like I don't really have something for you that are lined up, ready to pay me for it, you know? And, and I, I feel guilty because sure. Not only can I make a little bit extra money, but they could solve a problem that's worth 50 times whatever yeah. it is that they're begging to pay yeah. me for 
um, yeah. or the hour of my time that they're asking to jump on a call. But yeah. you know, if 20 people ask for a 30 minute call every day, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's, that's why I'm doing the, the mentoring stuff with, uh, <clears throat> with UB because yeah. it's never, I, I can't give 50 K hundred K right now. I would love to, but we can give your hour. I can give my time and my, my knowledge and my experience. And that's, that is value. Like that, that is also, that's, that's priceless. Yeah. You know, you know cause yeah, it's priceless. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is like, you do, you're going to do that with 50 companies and two of them are going to come back in five years and say, Hey, do you want to invest in this? Yeah. Or like, do you want to partner in this? You were the only person I feel like I can talk to at that time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 everything comes around full yeah. circle. It's all about yeah. putting out, you know, karma, just putting out, putting Lead out Lead with stuff. a ton of value. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. This was a fun a one. Way to end it. Yeah. This is a good one. Yeah. From I the, from the gym me. sauna to the, uh, to the, to the casting couch. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about whatever you guys want, man. Where, where people find you too? Social media. I don't post the, shit on social website. media. Uh, check the out yamamedia.com. Um, if you want to follow me, my Instagram is d.cohen98. It's probably <laughs> we'll link We'll link it in that. the uh, description. One thing I do want to plug is um, a fundraiser that we're doing for charity. Um, so my partner grew up in Sri Lanka. <laughs> he recently went back and um, was talking to some people in the village and they don't have any clean water. So we're raising, our goal is to raise like $5,000. We've, we've in the past raised money for school, to build a school and to build a house for a family. So we're trying to raise $5,000 to feed, no, to provide clean water to 300 people for the next 15 years. And it's only wow. going to cost $5,000. Currently they have to travel either two hours into like the close next village to get like clean water or they have to drink out of like the disgusting river so we're we have a gofundme which i don't know where to link it i could probably link it in my bio um we'll uh, we'll, we'll put, we'll put it in the description um but yeah that would be like if you guys want to support that would be like probably the best way is just donate to that um but yeah cool. biggest uh biggest donator send us a screenshot and you'll get a an hour with me and john Nice yes, little, nice little, yeah, nice little yeah, consulting yeah, yeah. call. For free, whatever yeah, you man. want. Yeah, that'd be dope. Uh, the rates, that'd be uh, rates, a couple racks an hour. Like, hour. Like a few <laughs> racks an hour. That'd be sick. But yeah. uh, no, that's 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 dope. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Once again, shout out to our uh, our wonderful sponsors, our guest, our sponsors, uh, everyone that helps us make our this audience, channel the way that it is. Watching this. Yeah. Uh, if you got this far, comment below. I'm curious if you got this far. <laughs> hope so. I hope I was, I hope I was that interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, that concludes episode we'll catch 50. You guys on the next one. Yeah, 50. See you in 51. 50. Later.